welcome Hoosier fans to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call. As today, your Indiana Hoosiers defeated uh, Stanford Cardinals 79-63 to in a game that uh, Indiana led throughout, and they got off to a really uh, a good start. Uh, and defense uh, today really set the tone throughout the game and helped Indiana stretch out the lead uh, midway through the second half to a, a comfortable 8-12 to 12 point uh, margin. But the, the game really started out early. Uh, you saw uh, a new set, uh, some double staggers, uh, led to an Armand Franklin 2, and then uh, we saw Trace Jackson Davis be the Trace Jackson Davis of old as the ball went into him, and he looked uh, very focused, and he looked very aggressive and, and got Indiana off to, to a lead. The middle of the first half, there was some stagnant uh, um, play on offense, but Indiana maintained the lead, and they maintained the lead because of defense and took a seven-point lead at halftime and, like I said, was able to stretch that out in the second half and put the game away with some uh, some free throws there at the end to stretch the, the game out to 16. But overall, it was a game that Indiana needed uh, after last night's uh, horrible performance on offense uh, and had everyone questioning where this program uh, was headed. Still a lot of questions, uh, some personnel questions, some shooting questions still uh, are around for this Hoosiers team. But 2-1 uh, and one in the Maui Classic, two wins against opponents that are um, – Likely to be a tournament team uh, bodes well for your Indiana Hoosiers. I'm your host, the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with uh, a few uh, guests today. But Chad Mob, Chad Schwartzkopf will be the, the main guest. But we have Jared and Ryan on for uh, some comments at the beginning. And we'll break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. And let's get started uh, with this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And, and for me, the banner moment was Trace Jackson Davis, uh, his approach early in the game on his first couple of uh, p- catches in the post. He was not going to be denied today. Uh, and, and that was good to see after two subpar performances that the team believed in him and, and the team went to him early and to get him established. And boy, did he ever. Uh, I thought he uh, really was dominant today uh, on, on both ends of the floor. And that's what Indiana needs. It's going to be very hard for Indiana to win ball games without uh, their best player playing at, uh, at a high level. And we saw that uh, today. Our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fourth season sponsoring the Assembly Call. With Christmas right around the corner, you need to make your way over to their website, homefieldapparel.com. They have something unique for everyone on your shopping list, especially IU fans. And all of their apparel is printed on the softest, most comfortable materials you'll find anywhere. Want a few suggestions? Uh, I personally, I like the Indiana script, the Assembly Call script, and then, you know, of course, the Bison hoodie uh, among the thousands of dollars I've already spent. And you can always save on home field order by using uh, the promo code assembly20 at checkout. It'll give you 20% off your entire order throughout the year. Just don't hesitate. Get your orders in soon to ensure you receive them by Christmas. Go to homefieldapparel.com, load up your shopping cart, and enter assembly20 at checkout to get 20% off. That's homefieldapparel.com. Okay, now it's time to move the ball, find an open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Jared Morris, uh, Indiana wins, and after yesterday, it was a much-needed win. Your thoughts on today's performance? It did. Hey, first of all, Coach, I just want to thank you and Chad for inviting me on your podcast. It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You're welcome. Yes, thanks. You're, we, we debated whether we wanted you on you know, two days in a row or not. We, we conceded and allowed them just at least to get opening thoughts. Then they That's had to get right. the hell That's off. That's it. That's it. 
so look, th- this was a really important bounce back win for Indiana. And I think, you know, my overall kind of thought about, you know, Indiana's appearance in Mashville slash Maui slash Asheville is, uh, you know, we kind of started out, you expect something great. Hey, maybe Indiana can win this tournament. What we ended up getting was something kind of decent. You know, we got two solid wins. Uh, these are, you know, solid resume builders for your NCAA tournament resume. And then one really bad butt whooping, um, you know, and so in that sense, it's kind of, it was kind of a microcosm of the Archie Miller era. And I think, you know, you see some things to be encouraged about, and you also see some things to really be kind of concerned about as you move forward. So, you know, it's tough to know exactly what we learned about the team because we kind of saw all the good and all the bad wrapped up in one three-day span. But I think what you take from today is this team really responded in a big way to getting punked. And they got punked against Texas. And they entered this game without Al Durham, you know, their senior leader, the most consistent offensive player. And so when that happens, I think you're going to learn a little bit about a team, how they come together and who steps up. Trace was a different guy. You know, he was playing through contact better, going to the line. He took 14 free throws. He was a man possessed today. That's what he's got to be. You know, I don't know if he's the ideal centerpiece on a great Indiana team, but he's what we've got. And for us to be good or very good, he's got to play maybe not like this. You can't expect this every game, but he's got to play somewhere close to this and be an All-American. That's what he was today. And if you're going to be without a guy in Al Durham, you need someone on the perimeter to step up. And today that guy was uh, was Armand Franklin. I thought he was outstanding. You know, his stats, his overall stats speak for themselves. 13 points, eight rebounds, five assists. But what I liked from him is he was aggressive with his dribble. And Indiana needs guys who attack. You know, you look at the second half, there was a about 13 and a half minute mark. Stanford had gotten it down to a 43-39 game. You know, they were about to make this a game. Armand gets a rebound. And he takes it the other way, leads the break, is aggressive. And whereas some IU guards, I feel like, would have stopped their dribble outside the three-point line, be a little hesitant, let's probe around, let's wait for guys. Armand took two more hard dribbles in, drew the defense, kicked it out to Rob Finnessy for a three. And Rob kind of finally showed some life, you know, taking a shot, which we were all screaming for him to do. But that kind of presence of mind and aggressiveness from Armand is really important given how often our backcourt seems to just be reticent to push the issue. Well, you're not going to win games if you don't have guards who are willing to force the issue sometimes, be aggressive. Now, we had to deal with, I thought Armand made some bad passes. You know, he finished with three turnovers. You know, his shooting was only four for 10. He's 0 for three from three. So he wasn't necessarily efficient, but he was playing more minutes and using more possessions. And for a young player, you're going to lose a little bit of efficiency. But what we got out of him in terms of production, we had to have with Al Durham out and Rob Finnessy being a non-factor, for most of the game and Lander and Leal and Galloway still kind of feeling, you know, feeling the game out. So what Armand did today was absolutely huge and combined with, with trace and race was what Indiana needed to win this game. But if this is a sign of things to come from him, that's really going to be big for Indiana because we need another creator, you know, in that backcourt and Armand at least showed the willingness. And right now the bar is really low in Indiana's backcourt. And sometimes the willingness is most important. He did that today against a really good defense in Stanford. So that to me, in addition to Trace bouncing back and being an All-American, seeing what Armand did today was the most encouraging thing. Yeah, I was really, really pleased with Armand. And and rumor has it that uh, on loop in the IU hotel was uh, Ryan's rant about yesterday's game. So at film, at dinner, at breakfast, uh, they played Ryan's rant from yesterday. And uh, Ryan, your thoughts on, on their response to, to your message? 
I'm glad they listened. Uh, you know, yesterday, I think the key to the game, I thought Armand Franklin was good too. I think Jared made some good points there about his play and his aggressiveness and being able to, you know, he's still going to work on his, his three-point shot, but his mid-range jumper looks great. If you would translate his mid-range jumper to his three-point, it looks a little different when he's behind the line. It's a mental thing. Guys think they need to put more behind it, whatever. He's way off from beyond the arc, but inside, he's got a sweet little pull-up and, and was finishing uh, with that a little bit today. But I think that the big key today was the front court and yesterday against Texas the front court was six of 17 from the field which is 37 ish percent I can't remember the exact number and today they were 16 of 23 which is almost 70 percent they finished around the rim they were aggressive that was the thing from from the get-go as you saw Trace Jackson Davis be aggressive and assertive right off the bat Race Thompson will always be aggressive and assertive I thought he was a little undermanned yesterday and with Trace Jackson Davis not playing well I think that race had more attention put on him after his big night in the opener. Uh, I think that what you saw today was what Indiana, sadly, uh, you know, you wish you could, you could win games consistently without those two guys going off, but you're going to need trace Jackson Davis to be this version of him. 31.6 rebounds pretty much every night against good competition if you want to win. And Race Thompson also filled that in with 15 points, eight rebounds, three assists, two steals, four blocks. He did everything across the board. I think you can make a great case for either he or Franklin maybe getting some game ball love later in the show. Obviously, Trace is the guy to win it today, though. He was so, so good uh, and, and just aggressive, attacked. He was relentless. And guess what? He could have done that yesterday. That's the disappointing part is that Stanford's pretty athletic on the interior. They have some pretty good players. I know Texas is a has a lot of length and is a really uh, athletic team as well. But Trace could have done that yesterday. And sometimes he shows up and he's trying to, instead of going, we've talked about this a lot, Coach. Instead of trying to go up and over guys, he's fading back and trying to throw it around them or things like that. He needs to have that lean forward mentality, not a lean back mentality when he goes up. And you saw that yesterday. I rewatched parts of the Texas game just to torture myself. And he was leaning backwards and trying to go around guys. And, you know, he'd jump and kind of tilt back and go over them instead of being forceful and being the guy who initiates the contact and plays through that contact to try and get to the rim. That's the key for him. He needs to be facing forward as opposed to going sideways or backwards. Um, as for the rest of the game, I thought that it was good to get the freshmen some time, but I thought they looked like freshmen. I thought Trey Galloway maybe had his worst game uh, so far of the season, and I don't think he played bad. I just think that he got lost defensively a lot. Offensively, he was trying to force things. He was maybe dribbling a little too much instead of move the ball, find the extra guy. Sometimes you saw he was a little bit out of where he was supposed to be in spacing, and Archie was yelling at him to kind of space it out a little more so he'd be two feet from a guy who had the ball and was going to reverse it to him instead of six feet away or seven. Um, and then, you know, I think Christian Lander was trying to do some things offensively and I, I you know, that's who he is and that's who he's going to be. So I don't think that it was too bad. I actually thought he got better defensively as the game went. I thought Anthony Leal and Trey Galloway got beat defensively constantly. I thought Stanford did a really good job isolating those guys. Uh, you know, there were sometimes, and we talked about it in our group text is, there are sometimes that Stanford would essentially clear out a side of the floor and put Trey Galloway or Anthony Leal or Christian Lander in a one-on-one situation. And they're just not equipped to handle that yet. So good effort from those guys, but they got to, you know, if, if Indiana's only going to play eight guys and three of them are freshmen, those guys got to get, got to get equipped to this really fast. 
obviously big win for Indiana to step up, bounce back, win by 16 over what is a talented Stanford team. So that's where I'm at. I feel much better than I did yesterday, but you know, let's keep the positive vibes flowing with the next game guys, yeah. instead of good win, fall off a cliff, good win. Fall. Let, let's, let's, let's build some momentum from this. And hopefully Al Durham is back for the next one. We, we definitely need to, to balance it out. And I'm, and I'm pushing Jared to have the coach Mike Roberts award because TJD cleans up the game balls most of the time. And, we need another way to honor people, and, and, and as long as I'm pushing the buttons, we're going to have that later in the game, so we'll take your suggestions on. And not, Now that we got the JV guys out of the way, the varsity team's going to step up and make their, their, make their comments. Um, Chad, um, it's, it's been the Coach and Chad show with a, a few uh, guests. Uh, your thoughts uh, on Indiana's victory over the Stanford Cardinal? Uh, first off, since I have the mic, I got to thank Jared and, and Ryan for taking the time to come on the show today. Uh, it's great to see those guys. Great to have them on. Uh, <laughs> anyways, three things. There were three things going into this game that were uh, big points for me going into this was one, who was going to step up in this game? Who was going to answer the call uh, when we had such a bad game yesterday? Two was, is Trace Jackson Davis going to answer to one of his worst showings in an in Indiana uniform and, and come in hard. And then three was who's going to step up and fill the void of having uh, Al out, Al injured and everything. And we got answers to each one of those. Trey stepped up, played wonderful. And I would argue that the answer to that, both the other questions of who's going to step up and, uh, for Al and who's going to be aggressive and everything and fight uh, both goes to Amon Franklin uh, stepped in and our story of this game was our sophomores. Our sophomores were definitely the biggest leaders out there. Uh, I finally saw emotion out of trace towards the end. Might've been a little bit of smack talking, but uh, saw a little bit of emotion come out of him uh, on an and one play there at the, at the end of the game. But uh, just loved the, the, as we talked yesterday, the probing of, of Armand Franklin, uh, the guards overall did a little bit better. Um, we'll get into depth a little bit more about um, Rob's up and down game. I want to talk about that maybe more in depth as the show goes on. But again, those three questions we had burning in our heads coming into this game. And if IU could answer those, they could win against a very good defensive team in Stanford, Stanford going into it. And Ken Palm was fourth in the country in adjusted defense. So uh, to come in after a horrible offensive showing and go against a number four defense and do what they did is great. So like the guy said, let's not ride this roller coaster. Let's keep it on a nice uh, swan lake drive movement uh, forward and, and, and stay where we are. Maybe go up a little bit, but let's not drop down a big cliff again like we did. Yeah, I think there's a lot to uh, to take from today's game, but the response, and there's, in many of the comments already, the response of the team is something that I'm really going to be focused on. You know, uh, obviously there's a lot of good – uh, with this performance tonight. Obviously, there's some things that on film uh, need to be corrected as the freshmen uh, need to guard better and so forth. But overall, this is what you want to see from the team. The next man up, next game up, uh, try to learn your lesson and move forward. And, and it's always good to have a conversation uh, after a win more than more than a loss. But um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the defense, uh, if we can. Jared, you had something you wanted to add? Real quick. Yeah. No, I, I wanted to make one point real quick. I think I probably got to leave after this, but you know, I know I'll, cause I'll probably miss meaningful moments. So I just want to make sure to mention this. I thought what race Thompson did at the start of the second half was awesome because you know, Indiana's up by five. You're coming out in the second half. I think you've got to set a tone and his first few possessions of the second half, 
first possession, he had a great feed down to Trace Jackson Davis for a bucket. Then he goes down on defense, gets a block. Then he runs the floor, ends up getting a dunk. And I thought, you know, on a day where you need leadership from your upperclassmen, and you've only got two of them playing because Brunk and Durham are out, and Rob's not really bringing it, I thought that was really big from race because we know how important it is for this team to start well. And he really, I thought for the first five or six minutes of the second half was the emotional and kind of energetic leader for the Hoosiers. You know, and his numbers are going to go a little bit underrated because of what Trace and Armand did, but he stuffed the stat sheet too. I know he had, you know, two steals, a couple of blocks, got rebounds, made a three, which was awesome to see. So, you know, that was great. But I just thought the timing of him stepping up and basically saying, look, we're, we're taking a five-point lead and we're pushing it out to 10. Like right now, we're going to be in control of this second half. You need a guy to do that sometimes. And he really stepped up and did that. So that was my uh, my meaningful moments. So I'll probably miss next segment. And and Race uh, and Armand really filled the void um, for, from Armand. And what we'll talk again about Rob, uh, his two big shots were really key to put the game away. Um, but he, he had a up-and-down game at best uh, for most of it. But let's talk a little bit about defense here uh, before we end our first segment. Uh, Indiana held Stanford to 25% from three. Uh, which, uh, you know, everyone talks about the pack line this and the pack line that, and, and about giving up threes and should should Indiana play more aggressively. Um, and I'll save those comments for, for maybe the post game to talk about pack lines, just the name. It's all about where you force people and, and, and how you guard the post and do some things. It's not really too much different than regular defense that Bob Knight played, um, other than the denial at the top. So the pack line is a name that people think negatively when you lose, but tonight the defense was outstanding and dominant. Uh, 0.926 points per possession uh, from a, a Power 5 school that took North Carolina down to the wire. Same defense that we saw uh, against Providence, and even to some extent the same defense we had in, in taking a very talented Texas team and, and holding them to 66 points. But Chad, I thought the defense tonight really was uh, the key to the victory, uh, despite some in- incredible offensive performances uh, by, by some Hoosiers. Your thoughts on, on the defensive effort? Yeah, I think, and and what we needed to step up defensively was the offense. Coming into this game, uh, Williams for for Stanford uh, was being heralded big time uh, for some fantastic play, and and he is an aggressive player. He is a very fast player, and our guards did a great job with them. In 24 minutes, he only sco- scores four points. So uh, to hold him off like that is just amazing. Keeping keeping him uh, zero for five from three and just uh, uh, obliterating any sort of offense to come from him for the game definitely helped set the tone. And then and then our big guys just cleaning up underneath uh, was great. And and like you said, there were some woes from the freshmen. Um, Anthony Leal got caught pretty bad on on a uh, flat footed drive. His player took him, and and he almost got. Uh, made made a fool in a highlight reel uh there in the game but again great great chance uh rebounds looked a lot better because of that as well um and i think that the eight blocks as well 13 turnovers so or nine turnovers by them 13 by us a little little iffy there but um yeah great defensive outing great to great to step up and and close them down and keep another team uh uh out of out of the the winning bracket for for a game that uh, we were kind of nervous with, honestly. And the thing I will encourage people to 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 watch in the next game, and and if you go back and watch this game, just the intensity, even when mistakes were made. There was one time when uh, Stanford kind of got back into it when two straight possessions freshmen got lost in ball screen coverages. Uh, they either were supposed to switch or not switch, and then they were late. But they 
they were trying to make an attempt to get back into the play. And, and that's, that's at least what you want. You'd rather them run the ball coverage, the ball screen coverage correctly. But if you make a mistake, make the next big play as aggressively as possible. And one of them, Lander, had a block. I thought that was a clean block, and they called a foul on him. But he was out of position. And so, you know, Leo gets on, on that break. He, he kind of uh, got stuck there a little bit. You're going to have that with freshmen because the speed of the game is, is different, and they'll, they'll figure it out. Uh, so it wasn't a perfect defensive effort, but my gosh, Stanford really struggled. And then a lot of times, as you see, when you struggle on the offensive end because a defense takes you out, the other team struggles um, with with their ability uh, to play defense uh, to some extent. And, and that's what happened to IU last night is Texas defense was really in, in Indiana's face and dominated early and, and just got Indiana back on their heels. And it looked like Stanford was back on their heels all the time. And credit goes to the scheme uh, for, for – uh, I think this was Coach Roberts' scout because, man, he was up off the bench and screaming and yelling, which just makes this old man very happy to hear that. Um, uh, you know, that – I love it uh, when he has the scout, but I thought the players really listened. And for the most part, minus a few uh, assignment misses, the defense really, um, you know, took um, took Stanford out and allowed Indiana to to win this game. So coming up um, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's um, law lo- our loss victory over Stanford. Uh, I will point out today's meaningful moment you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important stats uh, from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Mexico is more than a country. It's a feeling. Wherever you feel Mexican, there is Mexico. Let's celebrate it. Tecate. Mexico is in us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Hi, this is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosier. You're listening to The Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with chat mob Chad Schwartzkopf, and we're breaking down Indiana's victory over Stanford in the third game of the Maui-Asheville Classic. Uh, Indiana, uh, with the victory, ends up in third place, and we're always glad when the former IU players tune in to a, a postgame show. So, James, thanks. If you have any comments, uh, put them in a, in a chat mob. But now it's time for today's uh, meaningful moment that you might have missed, and, I, and I'm going to start out with, with this. I really um, – was pleased. There's a game within the game, and you want to win the game within the game. And there's two things to that uh, I would encourage fans to look at. One is the first plays of of each half, and Indiana scored on on each one of those. The first one, I think, it was Franklin scored a basket. They ran a, a different set. 
Uh, and in the second half, they immediately went into the post and scored. So that's stuff going on from the coaches to the players. And credit to both, the coaches for coming up with the play call and the players for executing it right away because the first play can really set the tone uh, for the first few minutes, which are very, very important. And then the number of times that IU scored after a timeout, that, that, that shows that the coaching staff knew what would um, be advantageous against Stanford they made the call, the players focused, and then they, they, they got it done, especially in the second half. There, there was a post-feed to start the half. Then this, after the first media timeout, there was a post-feed coming out uh, for another basket. Um, and then there was Ar- Armand Franklin hit a pull-up jumper off of a ball screen up top after a timeout. So you always want to watch to see if your team is scoring after timeouts and executing after timeouts. Uh, I, I think that was really good for IU. Uh, the, the other um, – there's there's quite a few things. One, post feeds matter too. So, you know, we, we get upset when the post players don't play well like last night, but sometimes the guards weren't able to throw it in there or throw it in there uh, with correct timing so that the post player can make a move. Tonight, the post feeds were were fantastic. Uh, and and uh, a couple of them were a little bit too long. Armand threw one too long. But you can see that the, the, the guards get the ball – on a catch real quick and turn. They know the play, especially that one play where they back screen. They run a player baseline, and he catches it, and then they back screen for Trace Jackson Davis, and he's just wide open almost every time IU plays it. And I don't know why, because teams have film and should scout it and should know that that play is, is coming. Maybe they don't know the tell. but just get the, caught up in the moment, I they think. They get caught up. Yeah, but the post feeds, um, the post feeds were, were really, really good. And I talk again about deflections. I know that's a Tom Crean negative, but when you have active hands, you can cover up some defensive things. And I thought Indiana's uh, ability to block shots and to get deflections on drives and passes were really instrumental in today's uh, game. We obviously see the breakout steals and that, but active hands. Uh, If you tell me one thing, if you're going to struggle guarding someone like Lander does, his hands are very active. Galloway's hands are very active. And and I thought um, Race Thompson uh, had more blocks than he's credited for because he was just all over the place in in the low post. Uh, Things that that you saw that uh, are meaningful uh, moments that you might have missed. A theme we kind of had in this tournament was how IU handles their first possessions has kind of led to what has happened throughout the whole games. Um, in our first game against Providence, it was race uh, scoring on the first two possessions for IU, or at least making plays on those first two. And then he had his dominant game. And on, on the second game, it was just kind of weak play by Trace Jackson and, and bad possessions uh, yesterday that kind of got to us. And this game, uh, very first offensive, uh, or one of the first possessions was Franklin uh, at the top of the key and was able to get free and had a nice little uh, pull-up jumper. And then uh, the very next possession was uh, was Trace's first possession, and he goes strong to the rim. And it was something that we were aggravated with on the last last game. Um, he went strong. He didn't finish. It didn't go in, but he, got, he drew the foul. And again, that was then the tail of the tape for the rest of the game for him. So IU... I think we need to pay attention to the beginning of the game right now and, 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 and see how they're showing up there. And it, it's kind of leading to what we see in the rest of the game. Um, to, to switch slightly to a negative, um, I got a little concerned about on the 15-minute the mark. Um, IU had their big lead. I think it was kind of one of the first times uh, we took it out to 10 points. It was 43 to 33. 
And I even put in my notes, big moment here uh, to turn it on and put them out of reach. And then because uh, St- Stanford could easily come back, that led to three empty possessions for IU right after that offensively and got them uh, within four points. Um, and then right after that was when Armand kind of took off after that and we kind of brought it away again. But that was the first kind of little run and uh-oh kind of made me nervous in the second half um, uh, for us. But after that, Rob makes the threes that he does and everything kind of settles in and this game was in hand. But um, that's kind of the moments that, that I look at in this game. Yeah, th- I had written down right before that at 42-33 that, or 39-30, Rob went out uh, with foul trouble. Um, and, and we've all been calling uh, for Lander, some more play from Lander, and I think that's a benefit. And, and he's just, sometimes you got to throw players in and, and, you know, let them learn in the fire uh, because his quickness on defense and his quickness on offense eventually will play at the college level the right way. You know, he's missing shots right now, uh, and he's doing a lot of nice things. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But the ability to uh, withstand that 10-point lead uh, from that point when Rob went out to about the 743 mark when it was 55-45, and we had freshmen who had some empty possessions, and I think that was the stretch, too, where they got lost defensively and uh, in the ball screen coverages that we had talked before earlier. And in the, the chat mob brings up a very good point, too, about the game within the game, uh, out-of-bounds plays. And, and Indiana runs some really outstanding out-of-bounds plays. They don't score on every single one, but uh, they sure um, have some highlight reels. Uh, the, the Trace Jackson Davis dunk, that, that does two things. One, it's demoralizing when you give up any play off of initial action. And by initial action, it means something going to the rim or a first catch shot off of a inbounds because that's in the scouting report, and coaches don't want teams to do that. So when you execute and score, it's demoralizing. When you demoralize, when your armpit is above the rim and throw it down, to, I don't know what the score, the score was at that point, but it kind of put an emphasis on the game. Like, you know, we're here to play, and we're taking you out on the defensive end, and we're running whatever we want on the offensive end kind of statement. But you win the game also if you if you score more on your out-of-bounds plays than the opponent does. And I think that's something, uh, again, we we always – and I'm defending coaches, and that's just what I do. But we always get mad when uh, the team loses. What, the coach doesn't make better shooters? The coach doesn't – well, the coach called plays at halftime. The coach called plays at timeouts. And the coach calls the out-of-bounds plays. And it was a, a well-executed game plan, both defensively and I think offensively for the most part um, uh, by, by the coaching staff. And then the players – obviously have to execute it. So, Chad, it's time to go into the numbers. Um, share with everyone uh, some numbers, the most important numbers uh, from your perspective on this victory. Hey, well, what what I what we were harking on the last two games was uh, a lot of stuff with Rob and was the big fat zeros that we saw from Rob. And, and that was uh, a, a zero that you wouldn't expect as far as turnovers. Um, but then the other zero was three-point shots. Now, he went two for three from three. Granted, in the first half, uh, that's a different story. I was I was yelling at the TV like a lot of you were. Kind of two things made me yell at the TV in the first half. Um, one of them got better in the second half. The other one didn't. Um, the first one being Rob's play and him wanting wanting him to finally shoot. The second one being the ESPN coverage and the uh, musical uh, interview that we had during the first half. Uh, we can get into that maybe here in a little bit after we talk numbers. But um, 
yeah, that's that's definitely the ones that steps up. I mean, I know he had five turnovers, and maybe you don't want five turnovers out of your lead point guard, but to me, after having two games like he did and not playing too well, it shows that he finally turned it on and got a little more aggressive out there. And I did see that, especially in the second half. And then finally him uh, getting out there and, and finding his own points as well and be willing to shoot that. And the fact that those two three-point shots came back to back as well showed that he just needed that confidence of seeing that ball go in for him to want to take another one. Um, and that was great to see. And obviously a lot of that has to do with Armand Franklin setting him up really well. Um, and being able to catch catch and shoot for the first one to get it in nice and in rhythm and then off the dribble on the second one. Uh, but yeah, those are the big, big numbers definitely for me that, that, that stand out. Um, I will say again, uh, it is great to see IU improve on their shooting 75%. I know I wanted it better. We got 80, 80% from free throw this time. We hit so. your mark. I hit my mark. We hit I the told Chad you they mark. could do better. I told you they could get, (laughs) but again, 50, 53 from the field was great. Um, 33 from, uh, from three, I honestly, with this team, that's like 45%. Uh, so it's great to at least see a a better percentage as far as that, that goes. Yeah. To, to me, uh, the free throw shooting is a plus, especially in a game three days in a row where you might not have your legs, uh, you know, I thought that was outstanding. Uh, we ended up shooting 33% from three, which isn't great, but that they they came at some key moments, and it was good to see Rob. You know, Rob really struggled in, in my eyes today. Um, I didn't think he was as aggressive as need be. I think his turnovers actually came from non-aggression. Um, but we talked yesterday about you need some turnovers. Uh, I, I just think he, he kind of – he – he is too coachable right now in my mind that coach wants no turnover. So he's going to play safe. Coach coach wants shots to go into trace Jackson Davis. So he's going to predetermine and go into trace Jackson Davis. Rob needs to play. I mean, he needs to go like it's a Lafayette park in his hometown and just let it play and let it rip and then get it fixed. Um, Outside, because I think he has some ability, but his ability and skill is not showing right now uh, on a consistent basis. And to beat the teams in the Big Ten, we're going to need to Rob, need need to have Rob uh, play a, a lot better. Rob, um, Rob's a two in that in that regards. Rob's a two headed headed monster. I mean, I think he's very analytical, uh, analytical, and very smart about the game. Uh, but he has that side that we've seen before that has the swagger to him. And, and he, and he uh, pops his collar, I should say, coach, he can and, uh, and, and really get at the game when he, when he lets that swagger take over. But I think right now we're seeing the, uh, the, his brain is set to leader is set to uh, this is what coach wants, like you said, and uh, this is the game plan. We need to execute it when he needs to be able to improvise on it and, and find his own game as well. You know, some, some other stats we mentioned, I mentioned early, the 0.926 uh, points per possession by Stanford. That's great defensive numbers. Holding them to 35.8% shooting is an outstanding uh, night, uh, regardless of, of who you're playing. And I think that speaks defensively. And then, you know, Archie's always talked about turnovers and rebounding. Turnovers were a little high with 14. Uh, but the rebounding advantage, 34-26, went to Indiana's way. And I thought that they cleaned up a few loose ball uh, problems. Uh, Texas was just so athletic and beat Indiana to a lot of loose balls, and which led to, uh, you know, 
a lot of points yesterday, and Stanford wasn't necessarily able to to get a lot of those opportunities because Indiana was finishing with with good solid uh, rebounding numbers. So those those are are some of of the stats. Um, and the what, biggest what? biggest stat is three and one. Uh, yeah. You know, we want to be four and zero. Not happy with the one loss, but we're we're three and one with two wins that are quality. And and again, from a bracketologist perspective. Those are two wins from teams that are expected to be in the top half of their conferences and will win a lot of games. And now you want to root for Stanford uh, to go win the Pac, uh, Pac-12 and you want to win Providence to win the Big East. Well, Villanova's in there, but come in second uh, and really have good showings because those will be quality wins uh, regardless of what metric I- is used. Well, and, and Texas to continue to not to do well as well. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, because that that takes a lot of the sting off of that. One last stat that we didn't mention was assists. Um, IU had 20 assists to their six. That that to me, I have a lot of notes in here where uh, I talk about how the ball movement was a lot better. There's a lot less dribbling um, in the Texas game. That was what was so aggravating to me was that we just were dribbling around. We were just dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. This game, the ball movement looked great. Uh, guys were moving, and that's when we that's when we had a lot of open. Uh, dunks and and layups for trace and and race because the, the guys were moving it driving and kicking um very little of the ball hitting the floor on the offensive end during this game yeah i i think the passing uh obviously is a key the six assists yesterday were really bad uh, but they they came back and shared the basketball and, and this team's going to need to do it because they don't have that dominating downhill late shot clock getter yet. That might be Lander at some point with his quickness. But uh, against good aggressive defenses like Texas, you either need to share the basketball and find a way to get it moving or you need to go downhill. And Indiana got shut down yesterday. They didn't allow a defense that was ranked high, as you said, fourth and Ken Palm adjusted uh, to to get in their grill and stop them. They, they, they took the ball, and if you can't drive downhill, maybe you can pass downhill. And they got – we mentioned those post feeds. So I agree the 20 assist um, is really uh, good to see. And let's, let's start talking about a little bit of the players tonight. And this is both the statistical and just another storyline. Armand Franklin was really, really good. Um, you know, I know he missed his three-point shots, and we always want that to get better, and that will just be something that's hanging around. But he was 4 of 10 from the field, 13 points, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. Uh, seven defensive rebounds, eight total rebounds, five assists to his three turnovers in forty uh, minutes. Yeah, in and and played the whole entire game. I mean, played the just, whole game. Just Chad, he's just that's what I said yesterday when everyone was kind of frustrated. I enjoy watching every single player who comes in. Uh, they're they're fun to watch. Um, they're frustrating when they don't do something right. Um, but but you're you're never in doubt that these guys want to play for each other and play for the name on the front of the Jersey. And Armand is just toughness. Um, and, and I thought he did a really nice job and I thought his two, a couple pull-up jumpers were key too. Cause that cause Stanford was just in that point where they were close enough to pull something out in the last three or four minutes. And he hit, there was one, I think it was an 11 point game. And I was saying to myself, if we score on this possession, it's going to be really hard uh, mentally for Stanford to come back. It, it's mathematically possible, but I think that might have been, uh, you know, at the five-minute mark or something like that. Um, and he just came off a ball screen at the top and hit that pull-up jumper, and it was somewhat of a dagger. But your thoughts on um, his stat line today, uh, Armand Franklin, solid, solid play. Just, 
just great to step up again. As I said, we needed this player, uh, a player like this. Uh, when you lose Al, a player that's going to be similar to like what he he was allowed, what he contributed for us. I mean, he had a complete game on both ends of the of the court for us. He was fantastic on defense against uh, their guards when he had to match up against them. They're they're good guards, and on on offense, he was looking to create as well as finding his own shot. And like you said, that pull-up jumper that he, that he nailed in a few times, I think two or three at least, um, is great for, for IU. And, and a team that can't hit the outside shot, at least get a relatively long shot to go in to, to space things out because that's going to be something that's going to be on the film. And if you can, can, can continue to put it on the film, uh, other, player, other teams will have to account for that in his game. And uh, he can use that to his advantage of a shot fake and get to the basket or uh, can use it to space out uh, the inside for race and trace. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a fantastic game. And uh, his mom, India, who's always uh, there cheering on and everything and is very loud, is probably hating she can't be there cheering on her son and screaming. But I know wherever she was watching it, she was screaming and having a good time. So um, a, a great kid and a, a kid that, that we're going to love to have in that uniform the next uh at least one year, hopefully two. Uh, we'll see uh, as, as far as he advances and, and, and gets going this year. Um, he's going to be one we love. You know, uh, you mentioned it. Jared mentioned it early uh, in the first segment about um, Armand's pace. He really, and, and I think even in a, a film clip session that I did last spring, he really pushes the ball at an appropriate pace. Um, and, and you know, you can run on misses if you rebound well, you can run on makes if you really want to push the pace. You don't have to always just get a, a pressure defense in your face, get steals to get fast break layups. If you push the pace, you can create. And I remember he came up and he, he threaded the needle to, uh, trace on a pass that I was like, Oh no, it's not going to get through. And somehow it got through and trace scored in transition. Those are the aggressive chances that you need to take in order to get some points uh, when you're deficient in other areas. And I, I'm just really pleased with Armand overall. You know, obviously we want to see that three-point ball go down. But, man, today was a game that uh, he needed to have in, in absence of El Durham, and he he was uh, ready, ready to do it. So uh, coming up on the assembly call, we will hand out our game balls and hit any other lingering storylines. We'll look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, and then it'll be time for last call. That's all next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. 
Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for the free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have already subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and we are breaking down Indiana's victory over Stanford in the third-place game of the Maui-Asheville uh, Classic. And now it's time uh, for our game balls. Uh, Chad, uh, let's get it started. Hey, that's fantastic. Let's call it game balls. I, I agree to that because this one was a hard one to, to, to figure out. Um, I, I almost was going to be on here and flip a coin because while I wanted to give it uh, to Trace uh, so much for that, I, Armand's effort and, and, like I said, answering two of those three problems that I knew going into this, um, I wanted to give it to him as well. But you, you have to give the game ball to uh, your star, Trace. Um, coming in and setting a career high points, um, answering the call when everyone uh, all over Twitter was was calling him out, not calling him an All-American, um, questioning his game and everything, and then come out and be forceful, be physical, uh, get on get on them, and and uh, show that uh, we don't have to be concerned about the Big Ten season and him playing weak. That he can fight through some physical play and everything. So he definitely gets my uh my game ball for that and then uh what, what are you calling the other one coach the uh the, the, the coach roberts all hustle award the coach roberts all hustle award that goes to armand franklin hands down again answering the call coming in being forceful um playing 40 minutes and like we said hitting those pull-up shots after 40 minutes um never looked like he was tired Never looked like his his legs were out from under him. Uh, didn't let his his the guy he was uh, defending get by him much at all, especially at the end of the game after he's forty minutes in. Um, just a great play by him. Um, so he he definitely gets that that hustle ball award. So um, Trace Jackson Davis for game ball, uh, obviously just just dominating as as Indiana needs. And I'm also with you on Armand Franklin for the. For the Coach uh, Roberts uh, Award, I think Race Thompson definitely uh, needs to be uh, discussed uh, in in the conversation for both uh, of those awards. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Race's game. 15 points, 6 of 7 shooting, 2 for 2 from the free throw line, uh, 8 rebounds, uh, 3 assists to no turnovers, 4 blocks, 2 steals. Man, I don't know, man. That You know, that, those are... Those are some solid numbers too, and we haven't talked about him at all. So, um, you're you know, Race Thompson. Yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, he's there was always that question, and actually, uh, someone asked me that question to answer on on my uh, my 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 pregame my usual morning after show was what do I think the average uh, points for Race is going to be this year? What 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 is he going to average as far as points and rebounds? And I was saying that's going to be very dependent on what Trace does and how Trace plays because um, I was struggling to think about how I would see Trace have a really good game and then Race equally have a decent game and get much over 10 points. Well, slap me aside the face. Uh, he went and did it today and, and scored uh, 15 and, and, and somehow finds himself uh, being overshadowed by the uh, sophomore class. Uh, so it's it's... Again, yeah, fantastic numbers, 15, 8, 
uh, was great on defense again, cleaning up the, the boards and um, playing aggressive, getting those blocks. Um, got drew a few more fouls than I, I think he earned. Um, I believe that these officials were a little chippy and, and a little quick with their whistles, didn't let him play. Uh, that's something that we'll, we'll get to do in the Big Ten a little bit more. So his physicality will, will help us in that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed. What do you what are your thoughts on that with, with the two of them being able to perform? I didn't think that we would, we would get that kind of performance out of both of our bigs underneath. Yeah. And it's nice. He brings a level of athleticism with size. Uh, that's really nice to have in the post defensively uh, and offensively can get out on the break and do some things And both trace Jackson Davis and race are really uh, adept at passing the ball. A few of them give me a little heartburn there with trying to get out to the, to the three-point shooters when they go inside out. But uh, they're at least looking to share the basketball, and the number of assists from our big guys are really going up. And I just like that. I think that makes a a really tough offense to guard when players are are like that. So just a couple um, more uh, conversations here before we um, talk about IU's next opponent and and have last call. Uh, I thought Christian Lander had a good game. Uh, I don't think he had a great game. I think he's still learning. Uh, I I think – what I like, again, is his pace of play, his quickness. He had one play where he drove baseline and just shoveled it one-handed, no look uh, for a dunk, I believe, uh, either to Trace Jackson Davis or Race. I, I forget which it was. But th- those are the types of things, again, I'm looking for a downhill guy, uh, someone that can take the, someone's best pressure and get downhill and, and either score off that action or or help someone. And um, I think it shows that he's a little bit lost defensively because you see it in the games, and maybe that's why Archie has him coming off the bench. But he's gonna if he keeps growing um, with his game, he's gonna keep pushing for for a lot more uh, minutes, and not just because of injury. Uh, you know, what did you think of uh, Lander's play today? I think he he played within his game. He had the few uh, freshman moments, and 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 one that actually uh, the cameras thank you caught really well was towards the end of the game. Lander had that foul where he was trying to follow his man and ran into uh, Race's man who had the ball, and then it was great. The cameras stayed on them, and you got to see Race go up to him and be a leader that he is, an upperclassman leader, and really kind of talk to him and calm him down and and explain to him what he did wrong and what he could do in, in that moment. So that was great to see. He also. Uh, with his three-pointer, um, gave IU at the 16-minute mark uh, their first double-digit lead, I believe, of the game. Um, so again, he had great little flashes of moments um, in there, and it is doing very good things for a freshman. Um, we got to remember that we have set the benchmark as Hoosier fans and Hoosier Nation um, pretty high for this kid coming in. And um, I think he's doing good. He's, he's doing a, about where I expected him to be early in the season and is getting his feet wet in a good way and, and getting some good playing time. Um, and I think uh, he'll, he'll obviously just improve from here. You know, four assists on the day, three blocks. And again, we mentioned earlier the active hands. You know, if you're going to mess up defensively, just be active. Throw your hands up, try to get something. Or if you're beat off the drive, be the second guy off the ground uh, as as your opponent's trying to score at the rim or a pull-up jumper and try to get a piece of the shot or, or distort, you know, timing, route, and vision with your hands. Uh, that That's what I watch. Uh, he, he obviously needs to understand the, the defensive rotations and ball screen coverages because I, I think he's a little bit lost. And, and even though he plays with pace, he has 
has to play with appropriate pace because sometimes I think he takes shots too quickly. Uh, There's one three-pointer where they were trying to go into the post and the first side didn't work, and he just shoots a three at the top. That's that's what high school stars do. Uh, college stars know that you have 30 seconds on the shot clock and you move it to the second side. If the play was designed to go into Trace Jackson Davis, you gotta you got to let it uh, breathe a little bit before you uh, jack a three from, from deep at the top of the key. But those are lessons that he's going to learn. But I, I just think that he, he is going to be needed more than the, uh, what he get today. He got um, 18 minutes. I'd like to see that be as low going forward. Um, but obviously he has to earn it. He has to earn the trust of the coaching staff, and he has to earn earn the play um, down there. Any other storylines that, uh, that you had written down that you'd like to discuss here uh, on this well, victory? I, I really – we saw, we talked about him a little bit in the freshman and, and Anthony Leal got a lot of play time today. And I think he, he was a lot of the game. He was just kind of a placeholder and I saw him lining up on in the corner a lot and in a stance ready to receive the ball and shoot. But I kept yelling at him, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. Let's run a play to let him shoot the ball. That's what he was praised to be and, and, and come in for this IU team. And, and he never did. I don't know. If that's a confidence thing, I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts? If that's a coaching thing that they're telling him not to shoot, um, he's it's just not part of the play. But I they need to. I want to see coach draw up more of those plays for a guy like him that is supposed to be a knockdown shooter. Once he gets in there, to at least test that water. Don't abandon it right away and not let him shoot or, or have him shoot. At least when he gets in there, Wisconsin always does that with their big shooters. They go in and, and immediately the play that you see them run is for that shooter. And that shooter almost makes it every time. And then their confidence is up and they kill us after that. So that's what it could be with Leo. And that's what we could have with him. I think he just needs to have that chance to see it go in and, and then we can abandon it and have him just be that placeholder and, and stand there in the corner and do that. But at least throw away one possession to try that. You, you, you brought up the last uh, issue that I want to talk about with it was Anthony Leo's play. And he got that play because Durham was, was hurt and he was ready to, to do what he could do. Uh, and that's just basically get some good minutes uh, with some other people in, in, in in foul trouble. The baseline cut that he made, he was so wide open. Uh, he, he's got to take that shot. It was a two. He's got to take that shot and he's got to get comfortable. Then there's another time he was on the baseline and, and coach had called a play and he, he did his little money thing and called four. So that's one of their, uh, I think they ran to their um, kind of their blocker mover stuff and Rob missed Anthony. I mean, Anthony was so wide open from three and you know, you got Indiana to score points. You got to have to hit some open shots, and, and we we complain about it all the time. But when you're that open, you need to give the ball up and give it to the shooter. And like you said, take the shot. I know you're out there to 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 take some time off uh, of of the clock because of injuries and and that thing. But you know, you're out there to to be offensive when you can be, and and especially with your strength. So I thought he passed up some things. I thought he struggled defensively, but I was proud of his effort from coming in and being ready from not playing. Uh, a whole lot early in this tournament to now playing uh, some good minutes. And I thought he did some nice things um, in, in just being that, that placeholder. But, yeah, he's going to have to shoot. And and then you asked a question about a coaching thing. One of the things that I am concerned about, when you have good buy-in, and I think Indiana has really good buy-in. These kids are all about Indiana. They're all about helping themselves. They don't care who gets the credit. One of the things you can do is is do what you're told too much. And as a coach, you get what you emphasize. But sometimes you got to make sure you don't emphasize something too much that you miss out on something else. And I, I'm not in there, and I'm always careful 
of, of trying to, to talk like, uh, be critical when you don't know, but it just seems like Rob is trying to do what coach wants. Leo is trying to do what coach wants and they're missing opportunities within the game. And, and so Archie needs to make sure that he's, he's not, what is that? Rob's playing safe. Because coach has said all year in the media, no turnovers, no turnovers. So he's playing safe, and then he ended up turning the ball over anyway. Um, we want to get shots to our better players. We want to get shots inside. Well, Leo comes off the bench. His job right now is maybe not to be a scorer, but it is to hit an open shot. He passes up shots. So I think it's a combination of players got to have a little better grizz to just do what they do and play a little playground. That's why I like Galloway and, and, and Lander. They have a little bit of a, you know, uh, a an chip edge. on their shoulder, an edge. Uh, and I think Rob and Leo right now are playing without an edge, and they need to. And if, if coach is emphasizing those things, which you have to as a coach, but you also got to find the right way to emphasize it, that players don't take stuff too far and it hinders other things. So I, I, I think that that might be some of what you were talking about there with Leo, uh, and hopefully that answered your question. Uh, hey, we got to wait a whole week after three straight days and, 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 and the coach and Chad show three days in a row, which was highly enjoyable. We got to wait. A whole entire week to see IU play basketball again, but we Man. can see we can see your Indiana Hoosier football team play on Saturday in a really big game. Uh, all all praise to Jack Tuttle, all behind Jack Tuttle, re- ready to see his arm and his decision making. And let's go up to Camp Randall and and, and win that game uh, and, and keep this magical football season going. But the next opponent for your Indiana Hoosiers is the Florida State Seminoles a week from tonight uh, at nine o'clock. Late night effort. It'll be a late night show. Uh, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and Indiana defeated Florida State last year at home and now have the return visit um, to Tallahassee. Uh, I, again, did not have uh, um, time to really do a full scouting report for you. Um, we'll probably get do that a little bit on uh, tomorrow's radio show. Uh, I'll make sure Jared and Andy know that uh, that needs to be covered. Uh, but they, they have been known for uh, – Leonard Hamilton gets a lot out of Florida State, and they're one of the top teams in the ACC. So they're one of the top four teams. They're expected to be a top you know one through five seed in the NCAA tournament, traditionally have good size and athletic um, defenders. And so, again, this is going to be – I don't know if they're going to guard us as tough as Texas, but it's a game that reminds me of Texas. And so Indiana's going to have a chance to see if they've learned a lesson against teams that are long and lengthy, can get out and put pressure on you on the wings. Can they find a way to compete at a high level uh, on the road? Uh, like um, uh, these games were obviously at a neutral, but this one be on the road. And we get to see maybe some benefits of not having fans – uh, other than the travel, we'll see how, uh, if Indiana can be better on the road in true road games, which has been uh, a real uh, negative for Indiana. Your thoughts on the ACC Big Ten uh, challenge coming up, Chad? No, they're just they're just going to fight. I mean, it, it's great to have the time off uh, to get a little bit better. Um, hopefully, again, it, the great thing to see, I don't know if many of you know or heard that uh, Al did dress tonight, and he was out there for shoot-around. So to have this time for him to rest and relax, um, would maybe like to see him back. But again, if he's any sort of question mark, I, I, I would still want to sit him though. Um, I don't want him to re-injure something and, and have a nagging injury that's going to hurt him uh, throughout the season and something he's going to re-injure as we go. Just, just let's take the time off. And, and unless we need him in there, let's, let's let him have the time off. And then we have North, North Alabama after that. So he's got a good span where he can get that ankle good and healthy before we face Butler uh, in, in the middle of the month. So, um, yeah, just like kind of like what you said, my, my general knowledge of Florida state is that they're always very long, very athletic type of players. And so, yeah, we look to, uh, 
bounce back from a team that's again that's like that like we ran into with Texas and and uh the rest and relaxation and get on the sandy beaches and the warmth, uh, uh, hopefully heal, heal those wounds and, and hydrate. And, uh, hopefully we'll see a, a good IU victory. You are listening to the assembly call IU post game show. Remember to check out our friends at home field apparel to get the perfect gift for the college sports fan in your life. Use the promo code assembly 20 at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. Okay, Chad, it's time for our last call. Um, your last thoughts about a, um, a better afternoon today as Indiana defeated uh, St- the Stanford Cardinal. I I have relief. I am relieved. IU answered the call. Uh, we finished two and one uh, against some very good opponents. But my biggest relief is that I am done with Bill Walton. I do not have to see Bill Walton again. Hopefully, knock on wood. Gosh, I'm going to say that, and he's going to do a couple more of our games. What a SHIT show that was. Goodness gracious. Um, I'm, normally might- a, I'm normally a Bill Walton fan, but he, he wore on me today. And that interview uh, with Bruce Hornsby, uh, I agree. I just, I had a little too much um, by the end of the week. It was, it was a mess. I mean, I get it. He's a novel thing. It's a fun little thing. But ESPN, know your audience. Know, know why they turned it on. They turned on to watch a game. Um, and in the past years, yes, he's been pretty good. The fun little banter here and there, but it's, it's getting out of hand and it, it's time for this to go away. I don't think we're in Maui for a while now, so good. We don't have to deal with it, but, um, goodness gracious, everyone right into ESPN. Let's get that to Chase. Let's not have that again. Um, but anyways, yes, it, it, excited for the turnaround, excited to see the guys that stepped up and, and did great for us, uh, Yay, raw for IU's uh, sophomore class, guys. Keep it going. Keep playing strong and everything. And uh, let, let's take it easy and uh, go Indiana football on this Saturday. Absolutely. Let's go IU football. And, boy, I'm thankful, too. You say relief. You know, you got to go seven days after two losses and social media and the IU fans will just go go absolutely bonkers. So, But in reality, it's not about us. It's about the team. This team showed some resolve um, they got smacked yesterday and they came back and, and, and took it to uh, a solid team. And that's what you want. Uh, you, you want, uh, uh, your team to be able to handle some adversity and now they get a week to heal, uh, some of the injuries. Joey Brunk, uh, hopefully will be back. He'll be needed throughout the year to, to give TJD some rest. And you got, um, Al Durham, who's always going to be needed to, to get that ankle back before we go on the road in a very big game. Uh, against Florida State. So that'll do it for uh, this edition uh, of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash assemblycall.com. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produced much of the music you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Thursday night. Take it from me, Nick Sizeloft. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And as always, go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Chat Mob, three days in a row. Really appreciate you guys. Charlie Trump, good to see you in here. If I would have known you were in here, I'd have grabbed that old hat that you like that I wear. Matt, good to see you, bud. Keep up your good work. 
Coach, while I have you, I wanted to wait and keep this for after dark um, to ask something that's been weighing on my head. I'm I'm curious of your opinion on this. The the shot clock violation call. I I always kind of had a theory of that. And the thing that I always hate about that is, is when you gain possession in that and you could go off on a fast break and then that call gets that that foul gets called and that negates kind of any sort of transition offense you could have gotten going on in that. I had the idea or thought you borrow from soccer. Soccer in soccer, if any foul is called, the refs hold up their hand or he'll roll, hold up his hand like this, and he'll he'll wait, kind of signifying that there is a foul to be called, but he'll allow for possession or he'll allow for continuance of the other team. I would love to see that come to basketball, where if it is a shot clock violation, one of the refs, the sideline ref or whatever, holds his hand out and shows that it's a, he's ready to call that. And once, say, Indiana gets the ball and they start to go down, once they start to lose possession or something, obviously it's it, just like in soccer, you can pull that hand away once they've, they've held possession for long enough, but um, hold that out. And, and give the ch- give the team a, a chance to get out on the break or something because it just kills that moment so many times. Yeah, th- that that's the frustrating thing with that when when there's um an air ball miss and it, it or a loose ball and it's secured by the defense and they have an advantage. Um, I think it is. I, I don't know what the actual rule is. I'll have to ask an official. Is it is it once you secure the rebound or do you have to make a move towards the other end? Um, but I think a lot of the times when they call that, the offense has yet to make that move. We see the advantage on television because mm-hmm. we know that the, the guy catches the loose ball on the wing or he gets a, the long rebound, and, and then real quick he throws that. But I think as soon as those guys hear that buzzer uh, and that ball misses the rim or that ball's loose, they're blowing their whistle without any concern. Um, it makes sense, but again, I don't trust officials to make any calls and to add more. It, it, rules. I mean, it could it could more get rules messy and procedures it, would be even even yeah. messier. Yeah, I mean, heck, we, we saw enough of that with TV Teddy and and all the all the barking about him with that uh, the technical that uh, Williams got last night. Um, which, by the way, I'm on the side of that's a technical, guys. I'm sorry. What did he do? That's a technical. He he I was on a fast break, had a dunk. He had a lot of momentum, so he was swinging. But during that momentum, he he broke his elbow, so he pulled up and and came back and then let go. And TV Teddy gave him the technical on that. Now, there okay, were kind of I disagree. Around. I disagree about that. There were kind of players around him and underneath no, him, but it's the no. Pull I up. know that's the call. That's mm-hmm. the rule. I don't like yeah. the rule. I agree. Well, I because agree to that. Here, here's and, the deal. What does that hurt? You're giving two points or a chance for two points for another team that had nothing to do with basketball. Now arguing, coming out on the court, um, you know, screaming at the official. That's unsportsmanlike. I understand there's a place for unsportsmanlike violations. But hanging and doing a pull-up on the rim, the only thing that does is hurt your transition defense. You're already hurt. Take the ball out of bounds and push it while the guy's doing a chin-up on the rim. And it used to be because they didn't want rims to break. That's where the rule originally came in from is they didn't – that's why they had no dunking back in the 70s. They didn't want, you know, games to be delayed – have to have to replace everything, but now they got so much technology in those things, and I think it's better for kids to hang with the traffic, regardless, or even hang with some momentum. Um, and so, if, so I don't like the rule. I mean, I think you got to let kids be kids, and I, I know everyone out there loves me because I don't like to pop the collar, and I'm an old, kind of old throwback guy. Um, You're liking to pop the collar in this, and this, but, one. but this is, uh... that, just doing a, a little 
swing after a dunk. And well, there was a technical and, and, last night on Braun from Kansas. He dunked. I mean, I've never dunked anything but a donut. Uh, if I got a chance to dunk one, I'm sure as hell I'm going to say, Hey buddy, I just dunked on your rear end. You know, you gotta have, you gotta have a little bit, you gotta have a little bit of swagger. I'm not against yeah. swagger, but to look at me, I'm the greatest that swagger, not so much, but I just put you on your ass. I kind of like that. Well, you and know? that's, and that, and that's where I've argued with it is that, uh, according to the rules, that was a technical. Right. I agree with you there. It was a technical as defined by the rules. But, I think the um, rules need to change. And, and I know it, it needs to be called more of a rule when you see the guys do the full pull up and smack the backboard. Right, or, or right now. Like that. Yeah, but that's more of what it's protecting. That's the, the huge collar popped. That's two collars popped. Yeah, um, that, you might be right there. I, I'll, so, I'll, give, I'll give you that. If you pull up and smack the backboard, and, and there has to be a line somewhere because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just do that and do five chin ups and whatever, you know. So there, there, there has to be one, but if you're on transition and you're flying like that, I thought that was just to get his balance. And I, I definitely think it was the swing was, but it, it was when he broke his elbows and pulled up. Okay. So the, the, I know, but, but now you give a yeah, kid, yeah. A, you give a kid a personal foul and he gets a fifth foul and yeah. can't play it and alters the game. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, you know, if, if someone's really being uns, I don't consider that to be unsportsmanlike. It isn't a rule. I don't consider that to be unsportsmanlike. I even I even dislike some taunting stuff at sometimes. If you're standing over someone and talking trash, that's a possibility. If you're running back and saying, you know, pick up your jockstrap, dude. I just took you to the rim. Uh, I mean, that's what you do on the playground. And, yeah. and, and you, you need to have that swagger. We're talking about Leo and Rob playing too tight and, and too pleasing basketball. You know, you got to loosen it up a little bit and um, – well, but, we, we luckily this year might get to hear some of that uh, playground talk. And we kind of heard heard a little bit. I couldn't make it out, but a Texas guy was kind of chattering. Or not Texas. A uh, uh, a Stanford guy was kind of chattering at one point, and I, which I think what led to a little bit later, uh, Trace's slam down and then his little walk yep. with uh, pointing and one kind of yep. situation. Hey, thanks for uh, joining it. Uh, you know, we were worried at the beginning of the week with everyone working and I have basketball practice and – Unfortunately for us, um, we're on a little bit of a downturn um, health-wise for for basketball on a, on a couple-week um, delay. Yeah, uh, so no I was able to be here, and uh, and thanks for filling in. Uh, you do a really good job, and, and I really appreciate you and, and all the IU fans. So, um, yeah, and a little MVP shout-out to my wife because my wife uh, handled the kids while things were going on and everything. I was yeah. lucky enough I didn't have a, a film shoot right now. We, we all married wisely, me. except for Ryan. Yes. He's dating wisely. Yes, he is. He needs you know, to. He needs to lock that down. So uh, we we've all kind of outkicked our coverage in order to to do this on a on a Wednesday afternoon, right? Yes. Thank goodness. All right, my friend. Have a great week. Right, we'll thanks, see guys. you around. See you, chat up. Yep. We'll look at how AI impacted the COVID nineteen pandemic, and how we could someday suppress a global illness in a matter of weeks or faster if we're willing to accept a certain level of surveillance. I'm Malcolm Burnley multimedia journalist and co-host of the new podcast AI Nation. We explore the many ways artificial intelligence can help us solve problems and save lives and why we might not. AI Nation, listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew. 
Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.